I, I can do the introduction, right? Let's try it both ways. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. So uh, welcome to our second episode of Father Knows Something. I'm Jerry, and this is Justin, one of our co-producers. There's two producers. Um, Morgan is a producer, and along with Justin. Um, I want to make it a little little announcement that you know these stories that are coming in, I really appreciate uh, you writing in and giving giving your giving us your concern. Morgan and Justin do go through the stories. They pick them up. They do not tell me what they're going to deliver to me. Everything is given to me purposely right here. And the answers you get from me are coming from my heart. They are right. They're ex, they're done extemporaneously. Is that the right, correct word? <laughs> I think so. It sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> but, uh, it there is no there is no script. It is literally brought to me, and I give you my gut reaction and my heartfelt uh, thoughts. So, with that all said, beautiful. Here let, we are. Let's roll. All right. Hey, Jerry. I, 25 female, am in a relationship with a wonderful 26 male man, but I'm struggling with feelings for my ex. Okay, I've been with my current boyfriend for two years now, and he's amazing. We get along wonderfully, and he makes me extremely happy. I want to build a future with him, but I still have conflicted feelings for my ex. I was with my ex for five years. We broke up three years ago, but I know I'm not completely over the relationship. We trauma bonded over a medical issue I had, and he stayed in the hospital by my side for four days while I was essentially in a coma. My ex is also a very good person, but things just didn't work out between the two of us, and now we're both in new relationships. I don't necessarily want to be with my ex, and I'm not still in love with him, but I find myself thinking about him a lot and wondering if things were different. Would we have ended up together? I don't want to end my current relationship, and I feel a lot of guilt that I still think about my ex so frequently. I know it's hard to become unattached to someone you've trauma-bonded with, and maybe I never will with him, but I want to be completely invested in my current relationship instead of thinking about my ex, but I don't know how. I've blocked him on all social media, but our friends still post about him sometimes, and whenever they do, I become overwhelmed with conflicted feelings again. Can I stay with my current partner and still work towards getting over my ex? Side note, I think my ex still has feelings for me, and that makes it much more difficult. Wow. I'm 64. When I'm 64, (laughs) and I too have gone through these feelings and relationships. Um, In some cases, it took a revisit to terminate those feelings and change them. Um, You know, sometimes we we meet someone, we fall in love, and for whatever the reason, they, the gears work. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes the gears, as they work so well in the beginning, something mucks them up. Um, and if, if there's something there for both of you, but I mean, I, there are so many different things that are, that are, that are tousled by this. Yeah. You know, why are you, you know, the biggest things you're with a man, you're having a relationship, it's all good, but why are you still thinking about the other fella? You know, it's, yeah, you had some very dramatic shared moments. I mean, I, I, I'm fortunate that I've been able to maintain friendships with women that have been in my past. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. And they don't get in the way of current relationships. I've had relationships in the past that really conflicted with the relationships I was trying to grow with other people that I wasn't over them. And in one case, I had to go back and I literally took a weekend to go back and see what would happen. And I found out once I got there, it was not what I thought. And I didn't end up with the either one at the end of the day because <laughs> they, they both were wrong and then you moved on. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. It's, uh, but if you feel that there's something that might be there in that relationship that was Christmas past and you think he has it, it might be worth a dialogue with him to see if both of you want to think that there's something there and to investigate it. I, I'm not certainly saying to betray the, uh, the truth with the person you're with. If, look, if, if you're feeling something, they're recognizing something's going on. Everyone knows when something's amiss. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't hide it. You're better off to direct it and be honest about it. And maybe through being honest about it, you guys can form a better relationship and a stronger one with you with the new relationship that the other one can be put in its proper place. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a tough one. Yeah, it's just interesting though how she puts forth very much so that and she says here very honestly that she does not want to have a future with him. Conflicted with the same also kind of these feelings of wanting to almost pursue it. It's just very interesting and it would be very difficult to be kind of at the crossroads of I, that. I I think that if she has I don't know what she's saying to the person she's with, but you know, I've I, I'm I've learned that you know, and, and honesty really does work. It's going to make your relationship stronger and the bond better when you have this truth and honesty um, with the person you're with now. And if it doesn't work because of that truth and honesty, maybe that's the way to to write its its way out and solve the problem, or it's going to work to be stronger. So are there any other steps that you think would be worth taking besides the blocking on social media and just trying to avoid almost? Is, is that yeah. at all going to work out? And Sometimes that heals it. You know, distance, fate puts it in the past. It doesn't make it present. It It's what's healthy for you. I mean, I've... I've had relationships that I love someone very much. And there was a behavior of toxicity. And it was never going to go forward, never going to work. And I just said, it's time for me to 
to leave. Don't don't call, don't write. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that that might be the best play. It doesn't mean you don't think about them. It just means that you've moved on with your life and Yeah. And that's sometimes what she may have to do. And the, so her ideal outcome is I just want to be content in my current relationship and heal from my last one and move on completely. And so does that change anything about your thoughts here? The only thing, I, the only thing that I will go back and say, it doesn't change my thought. I really do believe that being honest with the relationship she's currently in will help make that, that happen. If he's the right guy, he'll be able to deal with this and they'll build a stronger bond between one another and the other one will pass. I, I have a relationship, a, f- a friend that, that I was with 30, you're 27? 30 years ago. And we're good friends today. And when I broke up with her, I thought I would never forget her and never get over her. And today if she said, Jerry, I'm in love with you and I want you back, I would say, I love you, and but it's never going to happen because we've moved on. Right. But we're good friends. We 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 certainly care very much for one another as as people because we respected each other in our relationship. It just didn't work. Right. And when you come up to that to that reality that we we make great friends together, but we know that in the relationship there was a struggle. Something happened that didn't make it work. That we accepted it and we went on. And I became friends with her and her husband, and it just worked out fantastic at the end of the day. And so you think it's not necessarily out of the realm that three years after breaking up, she's still having these feelings. I it it there there are there are is time that might just take for it all to heal, and it just isn't it yet. But I know that the more that she's honest with the guy that she's with, it's going to help with a lot of this stuff. And she, it, she'll have a friend that she can talk about these feelings with. And if he's mature and he's the right guy, it's going to work. Yeah. I just, I believe that the more you separate your feelings from that person, it puts up a wall with that person. And it's, it's not going to help the relationship. It's going to help drive that wedge between the relationship. Beautiful. Dear Jerry. Yes, sir. Kind of a long background to get to my point. So my... 19 male, relationship with my dad, 46, is a rocky one. He's an alcoholic, actively 11 years sober. And it's what caused my parents to divorce. I was four at the time, and we moved across the country back to where me and my siblings were born. So throughout my childhood, he wasn't there, and it was hard. My mom worked three part-time jobs just to pay rent and to get us food. We talked every now and then when I was a kid but he was never a father figure. My parents' best friends, who I call my aunt and uncle, were kind of the last connection my parents still had together besides us three kids. My uncle was my father figure, taught me how to play baseball, helped me in life as a kid. Then my dad started to come back into my life when I was about 12. It was weird because he didn't try and still doesn't try to be a very big father figure. Yeah, he's my dad and I call him dad and I know he's there for me but it's not a typical relationship, which is how I prefer it. But three years ago, my uncle suddenly passed away. It broke me. He was the first person that I lost that wasn't a distant family member. It messed up my football career, 
I still ended up playing some in college before I got hurt and dropped out, but I definitely lost my desire to play. And it kind of brought me and my dad closer. Because my uncle was on dialysis because of diabetes, and he died from complications of his treatment, along with a spiral of other things. And my dad also has diabetes, so I didn't want to lose him too. Our relationship is good now, at least as good as it can be. But now to my point, I recently moved to the South, where people have a much more ideal-looking family, and I found it hard to try and explain all of this to girls I have talked to, or briefly dated because in their eyes people don't get divorced or have extremely complex family dynamics. So I just want to know, how can I explain my family dynamic in a way that doesn't make me sound absolutely insane to people with a more traditional view? Because it's a big step to try and get past this point to get closer to someone in a relationship, and I find it really hard. I don't talk to anyone about my uncle. I've only talked to maybe two people about him because it's a very big emotional release for me. I'm a big dude, ex-football player, tattoos, so I don't really cry about a whole lot and look like I don't cry too. And that's about the only time I do. So how do I go about explaining this to girls I'm talking to? First of all, big, brawny, tattooed doesn't mean that you don't have feelings and does not mean that you're not sensitive. Obviously, you are very, very sensitive. Um, you know, I don't care if you're from the north, the south, the east, or the west. Um, I know one thing that as you meet people, Everyone in the world has their baggage. To think that the next guy doesn't have a story is pure ignorance. <laughs> we all have our story. My story, let me tell you, when, when I meet, when, when, I, when I date and I meet a woman and she says, were you married? The first answer I say, I've never been married. Well, you have kids. Yes, I do. And then, you know, the dynamic of how I got my kids is a little different than the average bear. And you just find that if you deliver the story, whatever it is, cleanly, concisely, right up front in the beginning, in your first intros, they know that two things. One, you're, you're very honest and you're an open book and you're not going to shield anything from them. And if they can't take what you're offering then they're not the ones to be to be involved with anyways. There's nothing wrong with your story. You it's an American story. You you were you came from 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 parents that for whatever the reasons of your your of of the, your parents' differences, your father did drink. He he is even though recovered, uh it it caused a dynamic. There were there was another couple in your life, family, that you were very close to and your dad went on his way for whatever his reasons to find himself or get himself sober or whatever was driving him to drink or whatever, all that, good word, mishigas, everyone should know the word mishigas means craziness, was that this other person was there for you. So the the universe put your uncle there to to be your dad, to be that person to to get you involved. And when you lost him, yeah, you lost the interest of something that you shared with him because you, you were crushed. That's back to your sensitivity. And if a woman cannot 
find and respect you for your sensitivity, let me tell you, there's not a woman in the world that's not looking for a guy that's sensitive and has feelings because that means that you're going to be sensitive to her and her feelings, and which is going to make her sensitive to your feelings. So don't be afraid of, to, to, to bear your soul. Be proud of it. So sensitivity is key. We yeah. all love sensitivity. I think the logical place my mind would go next is when you're meeting girls, because that's what we're specifically talking to. Mm-hmm. When you're meeting girls, at what point do you think it feels natural to bring this up? Is this a... When, it's, not, it's not an opening dialogue. No, but is this in the sense of when you start getting to these types of conversations, just just lay it all out. Yeah. Just explain it for I, what I mean, it is. When, I mean, I think what happens, at least when I've gone out, and I've been on a couple dates in 64 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get to the part, you know, within within a day or, or, you know, the first or second date, you start really, you know, the first date you go out and you have fun. And they might ask you some very brief questions, you know, what do you do and that kind of thing. When you're, by the second date, you're really getting you, you want to really investigate who who they are a little bit more. And they're they're my dates have always been more probing. And that's when I they'll say, you know, you've been married. First thing when I as soon as that conversation happens, I clear that I've never been married. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, do you have kids? And I go, Yes, I have kids. Well, how did that happen? Are they with one mother, two mothers, three mothers? You know, you know. So when all that happens, that's when I immediately open the door and, and lay it right out. So there's never a question. It doesn't come up later where where somebody says, "Gee, you have three children," and and you didn't tell me that you that you're they're not biologically yours. That you were with this woman for you know for a number of years and you went through whatever you went through. You right. know, if you told me that, I never would have gone out with you. So that 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 can never happen. That conversation because I point blank lay it all out. I don't belittle or or degrade my children's mother. She's a great mom. Our relationship just evidently wasn't what I thought it was. It 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 wasn't what it what I wanted it to be, and we separated we went our own direction as far as relationship the one thing that did not go a wall was the fact that we had kids that i became part of their life morgan was calling me daddy and i made her a promise i said if more she's which when morgan was a year and a half or a year and she started saying daddy she says she's gonna call you daddy you better be her daddy for the rest of your life and i said deal not a problem yeah so it's good to be honest and so Bear it the way it is. Tell it clean, concise, and tell your story. And you'll only get more respect out of it, none less. And if they can't, if they can't grasp it. Trust me, I've had those too. And let them walk because yep. they're, they're only going to be a problem later. Let them go away. Yeah, and complex family dynamics are in no means a, a definition of you. You are still. No matter what, you're still a person here. You're still a human on your own. I think what defines you is how you deal with it, and, mm-hmm. and how and and how you how you articulate it, and how you tell your story. Tell your story. Well, and I have direct experience. I mean, I walked right into this. 
I walked right into a quote unquote complex family dynamic. But at the end of the day, how easy is it? Yeah, Morgan just straight up went for it, told me how it was, and I was like, "Cool, let's go. Can't wait to meet him." Yeah, I told you I make you, I can make you disappear. That's right. <laughs> that was a good one. I I was talking about my, how well I how well I perform magic. <laughs> <laughs> Still here. All right. Okay. Moving forward. Yes. Dear Jerry, my friend only ever speaks to me when she needs me to do something for her, and I don't know what to do. Over the past year, I've reached out to this friend multiple times, and every time I do, she either gives me short replies or just ignores my messages. Since the start of 2021, she has texted me first three times, and all of them are because she wanted something from me, like help from her work or tips for her friend who was going for a job interview where I work. I never received a thank you for any of this. The last time she messaged me has got me really questioning our friendship, though because she needed me to do her a big favor very last minute, and even though I wasn't available to help, I felt bad for her, so I asked one of my boyfriend's friends to help out, which they agreed to do, also at a short notice, and they rearranged their weekend plans to help. I passed on their details and assumed it would be all okay. What actually happened was she f- she'd found someone else who could help her, so she didn't call my boyfriend's friend even though she knew they were expecting a call and didn't bother to let me know that her plans had changed. I tried to explain to her how shitty it was to ask for help and ghost the people willing to do you a favor and how it was embarrassing for me to have put my boyfriend's friend in a situation where they rearranged their weekend plans for ultimately no reason. She offered an insincere apology followed by a lame excuse and hasn't spoken to me since. We've been friends for a really long time, and I understand people have a lot going on in their lives, but it really sucks feeling constantly used by a friend. I've spoken to other members of our friendship group, and they've all had similar experiences with this girl. Please tell me, Jerry, is it time to end this friendship? I think you've answered that question yourself. I think you have. I mean, I have a lot of friends that I do a lot of things for, and I ask for nothing in return for it. But when they disregard you and they have the behavior that she's apparently consistently having, unless you feel that you want to do it, the real answer is you can walk. Yeah, and I think the the length of a friendship or the reasonings behind it is is by no means a, a reason to stay. No, I, I, and I would be really clear when she calls you for the next time. You say, "Look, you know, I'd like to help you, but I haven't got over the last the, the last time." And I'd be clear about it and say, I just haven't gotten over the last time that you asked me for help. So I can't put myself there and I can't involve anybody else for it. I think you're a good person and you're my friend, but I'm not I'm not your go-to for this. And her ideal outcome is just she'd like to know if this is a friendship worth fighting for, which I think we've covered. Yeah, we covered it. Okay. On to I, the next. I, I certainly didn't say Dumper is a friend. I said when she calls you for the favor, say and I think due to past performance, the answer is no. <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's just a beautiful way to play it because you're not you're also not closing the door, which could open. Maybe it changes this girl this girl's perspective, mm-hmm. gives her a reality check. Yeah, this gives her a reality check, and maybe then she changes, and it can become a, a strong, beautiful friendship. Not based on doing favors, but on a friendship. Yes. Okay. What do you got next, dear Jerry? 
My fiance and I welcomed our daughter into the world July 16th, six weeks early. I had severe blood pressure issues while I was pregnant and almost died during delivery. I hemorrhaged badly and had an emergency C-section where she came out almost drowning in my blood. My liver was also failing, my kidneys not far behind, and I was in hypertension and almost had a stroke. She was 4 pounds, 4.8 ounces at birth. My blood pressure issues still haven't gone away. They're still bad enough that my doctor wants me to go into the hospital. She came home from the NICU almost two weeks later, and ever since my fiancé and I have had issues. We're both 19. I'll be 20 on 9-11. I'm staying home with our daughter, and he works 7 a.m., sometimes 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. I end up taking care of the baby 24-7, including all night. I've explained and showed him how to do things multiple times, but he still says he has no clue what he's doing and just gives her to me and leaves the room. I'm exhausted and feeling not supported by him. I've tried to talk to him about it, and he says he'll do better, but doesn't ever follow through on his promises. My birthday is this coming weekend, and I was really hoping he'd do something, anything, to at least make the day feel special after the last almost two months of exhaustion and stress, but it doesn't seem like he's going to do anything of the sort. I'm not sure how to talk to him anymore, or even try to work anything out. I'm just exhausted from being up basically all the time, and I'm exhausted of having the same conversation with him over and over while he complains about me nagging him, even though I'm just trying to make sure our daughter is okay. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is simply your health. Number one, um, I don't know if you have any other support. Obviously, there's no support being offered here far as emotional and or help with the baby other than the fact that he's going to work, apparently, to go make money to go feed you guys. But I don't know if you have parents that can help you or anything else. Obviously, he is not the answer. And the most important thing right now is to make sure you get to the part where you are healthy. So, you know, please, let us... I'm interested in knowing just what you're doing as far as your own health. And that's the... you're on an airplane, you're flying, the airplane has an issue. And the first thing they say is put your mask on first. And you need to do that. So hopefully you have support. If not, you need to go, I'm sure there's some intervention that can help you with some of the, the different, uh, some of the state providers or advocates that can assist you. But obviously you got to do something that you can keep yourself at least to the part where you can get your blood pressure under control your health under control, and then then you can be there for your baby because at the end of the day, it's you and your baby. Yeah. And if this guy doesn't work out, he doesn't look. You're you're he's not. You're both nineteen. Was that what they said? Nineteen and twenty. Yeah. So you're, oh yeah. Sorry, we're both nineteen. Yeah. So you know he's got to grow. This is a whole new change of of growing up. Why he's growing up? I mean, it's, yeah. So you know, you guys can get it through, but you. You can get through this. I mean, people do, but you're going to have to get him to really learn, realize quickly what it is to be be a partner and to be a dad and to grow up. What do you feel like would be a, a good way to break through to him to get across how serious this is? I don't, you know, I don't know all the dynamics of where their love is to really know where, how much he's really buying into this. 
you know, it, if he's fully in love with her and she says, you can't be with me right now, you're not healthy. Maybe that's a wake up call. Look, when you, when you're away from somebody that you love and all of a sudden things are on the rocks, love on the rocks, you know, it, it wakes you up mm-hmm. sometimes and hopefully it will. Right now, she's just, as far as he's concerned, she's just nagging him. So it's becoming ineffective. And so that that's not working. Telling him what you need and complaining or crying is, is he's turning a deaf ear. So the answer is he maybe just if you don't really get the support you need and you find that he's that you don't need the the financial assistance that he's providing, lock the door. I mean, the, the, he's stuck financially anyways, but you know, if he can't get in the door, he's going to be a little upset. Oh. Yeah, and, and regardless, there's still a lot of time left. You're 19. Yeah. There's a lot of time to figure the whole situation out, whether it's with him or with not. And under... Uh, Did she talk about it if there's grandparents involved or anything else, that anyone else that can help her? No other info on family. I mean, they they may just be two lone wolves that are just, you know, out in the middle of somewhere in the world and the family is not involved. You know, she needs help. Evidently you, you do need help. Well, and under her ideal outcome, uh, she says, work things out with him and taking care of our baby or working up the courage to leave him and be a single mom. I'm just not sure anymore. Yeah. That's, this is a tough one. This is something that, I hope you have family support, someone that can can be there with you, and you're brave. And at the end of the day, you will make the best choice for yourself. You're, follow your instincts, follow your gut. That's, you know, the one thing I've always recognized with my kids is they have strong wills, and they figure it out. And, and, me, and me too, look, it hasn't been easy. Life is not easy for anybody. We all go through our bumps but it makes us stronger and more resilient. And when we feel that, you know, that the heavens above have taken us as palm trees and bent us back to where we're going to break, we find out that we can survive it. And, and we, I sometimes laugh saying, well, he, you know, he looks down at me and says, I can bend you a little further. <laughs> you can take a little more. You'll be fine. You just have to stay, stay your, keep your focus and keep your, uh, keep your path. But you may need an advocate. You may need family. You may just need some other child's, you know, some other kind of of social service to help you. I'm sure there's social service advocates that can help you. I'm just not knowledgeable in that area. Well said. Look, I don't know what's available at this moment, but I will take the time and uh, our, our producers will take the time to make sure that we post different uh venues or facilities or or um, services that are available to you to help you through this if it's religious institutions social services through the states um, all i know is that we will make sure that we post general resources for everybody that might be going through a similar situation so you have a place to go at least to go look yeah but you nailed it health baby relationship okay we got two quick short ones I love two quick short ones. 
Keeps it easy on me over here. All right. Let's go. Dear Jerry, I want to move out of my house with my boyfriend, but my dad is the type to believe that I need to leave the house married. What is the best way to address this issue? How should the conversation go to not disappoint him? Okay, I got, I'm trying to process it. I think that um, you're not giving me enough information. You know, I don't know if you're 16 going through this. I don't know if you're 26 going through this and where your dad and his concerns are. Look, I'm a dad, obviously, because you guys call me dad. Um, my biggest concern, and I'm sure your father's not any different, is the welfare of you to make sure that you're in a good place. And I think that if you are really seriously looking at moving out with your boyfriend, that you're telling, telling us that you're mature enough to have a mature conversation and present everything with your dad. And you guys can have a conversation that you can support one another in this, this direction. And that he understands where you are and he can be there to support you in your decision, once he understands why you're making this decision, or he can articulate to you what his concerns are, where you can then hear out what his concerns are before you make that choice. To make sure that you guys responsibly, because of the relationship that you have, daughter, dad, that it's in the best interest of, of you. Because he's not looking at his best interests. I, I I don't think that's that's he's not looking waiting for because you're going to cook him dinner that night, <laughs> unless that's what your relationship is that you are the cook and cleaner of the house and that's the important thing which I don't believe is I hope is not the case that his real concern is just your welfare and to make sure that you are making the best choice for your development and that you're going to have a health, happy and healthy relationship and you're going to grow and continue to grow in safety. And just sitting down, approaching a conversation from a, a stance like that, just coming in, being honest with your intentions, Purely. talking about your feelings. I don't think we need to worry about disappointing. No. I think I think if you take the responsible direction on how you approach it, then then yeah, you're mature enough to have the conversation. You're mature enough maybe to to show him that you this is a good plan. Without that being sneaky, being, you know, afraid and not coming to tell the truth or try to hide behind something to, you know, to, to manipulate the the win, that that's a sign of immaturity and not maturity. And you know, you have to come at this with a with with the respect of maturity, with yep. the reality of it. And that's perfect. I'm gonna tell Morgan I'm looking at moving out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, bear the facts to her dad and have a have a conversation again in calmness and not out of, you know, passion, but out of responsibility. Right. And making a more calculated and less emotional decision, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it is a big decision. It it could be huge. Again, you're not trying to manipulate your father. You're trying to trying to share it with him because he's only interested in one thing, your growth. And don't be afraid to have a conversation with your dad. The more open you are with him, the more direct you are with him, the better your relationship, the more responsive, and the, and the stronger your relationship will, will grow and, and bloom. 
Look, Morgan and I have never not uh, really been, well, there was one time I found alcohol in the car when she was six. I was, <laughs> was not very happy about that. But I didn't blow up. I just decided to fill the bottle with uh, Tabasco sauce. <laughs> it didn't work. Good play. Yeah, and I think. And then when she called me, why did you put Tabasco sauce in my, in my Jaeger? I said, what are you talking about? You have Jaeger? <laughs> I want to be on a fly on the wall for that. It was a good time. <laughs> Go but ahead. back to it, I think having that open dialogue yes. with a parent can lead to you just absorbing. You can learn so much more. I think you can have a, a different bond, like you were saying. And by the way, he'll learn too. Right. It's he, not just you learning. He's going to learn, and you're both going to grow from the experience. Well, I, I, I grow every day from the experiences I learned from Morgan. Every day. So I let it roll. I mean, I'm here in this chair because of it. Yeah. And even if this is coming at a much younger age, then maybe your dad is the one who can say, this may not be right. And you can learn through a conversation with him and opening up to think, okay, yeah, maybe this isn't right. Maybe it has nothing to do with the boyfriend. Maybe it's just the general fact of moving out of the house at a younger age. He may turn around and say, it is right. Right. It depends on just the way you guys have this conversation. So again, don't fear the conversation. Exactly. Don't run your life out of fear. Run your life out of being proactive and being open and communicative. That's the way to go through life. Not by being manipulative, not being forthwith, not being a, being a fear, negativity. None of those are healthy. Come at it with a positive, responsible, and certainly clear dialogue. I love that. Okay, we have one last. Okay, I'm ready for you. One last quick one. Okay. But it's not quick. It's a quick read, but it's a big one. Okay. Dear Jerry, I am moving within the next two weeks after graduating with my master's. It will be the first big girl apartment my very own one-bedroom downtown. I've never had a strong father figure in my life. Any advice you'd give for the big move in starting this new chapter? Go brave and with confidence. And whatever, and whatever you do, wherever you go, make sure that you provide yourself in a good area of security around you. Have a good network of friends that you know that are there for you. If they're in your area or they're somewhere else that you have, you have a network that you communicate with that people know that you're okay. Um, you know, if you're going to a place that you've never been, you're going to a new city, our phones have, find my friend. Uh, I know that Morgan, her brother Taylor, and everyone in our family we are all connected. Even her friends are on my app, find my friends, because they lose their phone, they can call me. Yep. And, if, 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 and, and I'll look down at, I have, I have little cousins that are you know, in their 20s that are back in New York. And I'll look and I'll go, and I'll send them little love notes. I see that you're on the island. <laughs> 
<laughs> love, love, love CJ, cousin Jerry. <laughs> yep. And it's out of the, it's when they least expect it. But I, I always do kind of keep a tab, just know that everyone's okay. And they know that if for any reason that they need to know something, I know that we can be found. And they can find me. They know where I'm at. It's it's not a problem. It's not about privacy. But we, I mean, we're pretty open and clear. It's not like we're trying to invade your privacy. But I would certainly say make sure that you keep yourself that you are safe. Yep. That's number one. And everything else, you're going to build your network of friends and and enjoy your new your, your new challenges, your new home and building up building a new life because this is exciting. This is the best thing. You're starting a whole new venture and a whole new life. I mean, I've lived in cities, you know, two and three or four times I've gone to new cities with not knowing one person. And I have made wonderful friends all over the country and they're everywhere. And it's because of those wonderful experiences. So don't be afraid of it. Be bold. Yeah. I think uh, moving to a big new city was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life. I've done it twice now. Probably a little scary sometimes. It is. It is a daunting thing to think, okay, I'm leaving the nest. Uh, If a pipe breaks, I'm the one who has to call someone. I can't just call up to my dad or call up to my mom and say, Mm -hmm. hey, this is happening. It's like, this is you. You're on the stage. It's it's your moment. Yeah. Starting a new job, like probably just whole new chapter. Yeah. I remember going my first time traveling for, I mean, I was 17. I was working for a company and they were sending me out on jobs. I was, I don't think I was totally out of high school. I think I was doing both. And it was interesting to go to a city that you don't know anybody and you go to you know your first restaurant and you meet your first people the next day or whatever it is. And it's interesting. You open a whole new life. My best friend's from all over the country. And it's it's fun. And yeah, and I like how you say just just take it all in because I think you just need to be super open and just go for it. Right. And just meet new people, but, be but, open to all of it. But be but be smart. Right. You know, obviously, you know, it's... You must really just be on your toes that, you know, especially today where people are so... Crazy. I mean, we live in a crazy world, to say the least. It's certainly not the the most stable of worlds. So on all that note, just keep that in the back of your head and be in respect of it. Her other comments were just, just something positive and nice. Any advice, welcome. Well, I hope I gave it to you. Yeah, well, and we wish you a lot of luck, and we're very excited for you. And stay in touch. Keep us... A, and in, any of you, if you want to give us an alias name, that when we were able to uh, respond to your alias, we're glad to. That way you know that we're calling you out. Yep. Love that. And that wraps us up for episode number two. That's all I got for you. Okay. So we're signing off. I'm Dad. Have a great, have a great week. And our co-producer, Justin. And over there in the background that you can't see is Morgan. Gang's all here. The only I'm just going to say this is Jerry signing off, and don't worry about my co-producers because they don't exist.
Thank you.